0: Hi, uh, this is Steve Wilson, uh, Trevor's dad. He's asked me to do some podcasts, and uh, so I thought I'd take a shot at it. I'm um, going to try and do my first one here. I guess this one is just more sort of a trial. But um, anyway, I've picked as my topic um, some words we use to define scripture. Now, of course, most of you know that I am a King James guy, but. This is not so much an argument for the King James because there certainly are uh, textual arguments, um, biblical arguments. uh, There are arguments with regard to um, the manuscripts that were used, that sort of thing. So, you know, that's a pretty lengthy argument. My argument, for the most part, has to do with logic. And so as I talk about some of the words that are just used for Scripture in general or describe uh, Scripture in general, I'm kind of going to wrap it up with um, just a question. I want to pose a question just to sort of get people thinking about it. I'm not trying to convince anybody of anything. I just want you to start thinking about the Bible that you use. So I'll, I'll get to that when we get down to the end. But um, a lot of you hear words that are used and sometimes you see them on church signs and that sort of thing. Talk about uh, a Bible that is uh, verbal, plenary, infallible, sufficient, so on. Words like that that you hear very often. Now, I know <clears throat> that um, for the most part, these words, I think we can all agree, apply at least to the originals. And most people, regardless of which translation you use, um, can agree that the, um, the original writings, the original manuscripts were composed, were perfect, we were inspired of God, and there were, were without error and so on. The argument comes in about the translations that have come since then. So um, I'm not so much addressing that issue right now. I'm mostly just talking about the words that are used to describe scripture, and I want to start on common ground. We're talking about the original manuscripts. Um, so here we go. Some of the words that uh, you hear people talk about uh, first of all, one that is very common is uh, it is verbal. God's word is verbal. In other words, it's written. It's been recorded. God uh, tells us in Scripture that you know it was inspired of godly men to write uh, the words of God. Um, certainly, God's words are important to us. Um, so is it is written um, in Matthew and Luke in a couple of places. It is written. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Um, so we, we understand that the words that God gave us, at least in the original manuscripts, were words that were God-breathed or given to us by the Holy Spirit through men of God. Um, and that's what we mean when we say verbal. God gave them to man. Man, of course, then recorded them on papyrus or whatever you know means that they used back in in the early days um, to record God's word. Um, we have multiple manuscripts, over five thousand, uh, a combination of manuscripts and um, different writings and so on, lexicons, things like that. Some complete uh, manuscripts, some incomplete. Um, but we do still have quite a few. We just don't have the originals. But we do agree, I think, that number one, God intended for his word to be written for, for us to, to have, and to read, to use. Of course, that gets into the discussion of preservation, which is a discussion for another day. Um, But God at least intended originally for us to have his word in writing so that we could refer to it on a regular basis. We didn't have to wait for a revelation from God. Here's another word that you hear a lot. We talk about the plenary word of God or the plenary Bible. Now that simply means that um, it's um, basically unqualified or uh, absolute. Um, What it says is true. Uh, Everything, you know, that scripture tells us, um, we can trust, we can rely upon. We know if God said it, we know if God inspired men to record it, we know it can be true. There's a lot of things in life, a lot of good writings, a lot of good advice that we're given, but not every piece of advice applies in every situation, not every well-intended piece of advice um, is actually good advice. Uh, You go to a doctor, you trust your doctor, but your doctor can make a mistake and give you bad advice from time to time. God doesn't do that. God gives us uh, advice, guidance. He gives us his word that is plenary. It is absolute. Um, There are no variables with regard to it. There's no comparison to it in any other writing. God's word is plenary. And so when you hear that word, Um, you know you can take it to the bank. God's Word is verbal. It's written. God's Word is absolute. It's plenary. Another word that you hear very often is God's infallible Word. That's pretty simple. Uh, It means what it says. There's no mistakes in it. There's no error. When God speaks, he doesn't make a mistake. Sometimes we don't quite understand what he's saying because we mix in our own worldly thoughts, our own fleshly desires, um, you know, our own ideas. We try to bend God's word to to mean what we want it to mean. But the fact of the matter is when God says it, you, you, you know, it's right. You know, it's, there's no mistake to it. You know, I like to think if I'm going to pick up a Bible and if I'm going to preach from it and people are going to listen to what I say and try to put some, some trust in what I say. Uh, They certainly shouldn't trust me, but they should be able to trust what I'm preaching from. The the Bible that I use should be a Bible that uh, I know I can have confidence in. I know I can read from it and know that um, it has no errors. I may make an error in understanding of it, but I know God's Word is infallible. Once again, I'm emphasizing God's original manuscripts. Um, we know, I think we can all agree, at least, you know, true Christians, people who believe in God's Word, can agree that, at least in the original writings, God's Word was infallible. It was without error. Here's another thought or another word viscuity. You probably don't hear that particular word mentioned so much, but what you probably hear is. Um, the description of it or the definition of it. It simply means uh, it has resolve or it has attention to uh, detail. There is depth to it. There is density to it to the point that it clarifies things or it streamlines things or it purifies things. You know if you if you pour something into a strainer the density of the strainer is going to determine how pure the product is that comes through the strainer so the impurities are filtered out. That's what God's Word does. It it acts as a filter and so our daily concerns, our daily activities, um, the things that go on around us, we have to filter those through God's Word and God's Word gives us direction with regard to the things that uh, we see around us and the decisions that we have to make. Uh, things that go on in life, we need to filter through God's Word. Here's another one. God's Word is sufficient. It is sufficient. That means it gives us everything we need. It's all we need. We don't need anything else. Now I'm not saying Bible helps aren't good. I'm not saying Christian writings aren't good, self-helps, all those things. I'm not saying those things are not helpful. I'm just saying that, as I've already mentioned, the Bible is our filter Well, the things that we do in life, even the books that we read that help to guide us, that are designed to help us, that are well-intentioned, have to be filtered through God's Word in order for us to understand that it is sufficient. that what we have is sufficient because God's Word is sufficient it starts and basically ends there doesn't mean you can't comment on it doesn't mean you can't write about it but the fact of the matter is ultimately God's Word has everything we need it addresses every situation in life it may not you know there's no nothing in Scripture that says thou shalt not smoke um, but we can understand through other writings in God's Word with regard to our body being a temple and some things like that and that you know there are certain things that we learn we should do without and we learn that something's going to cause cancer obviously something that's not healthy is not something we need and so we can we can use the Bible as a basis for that so what I'm saying is the Bible does address every situation that may not specifically mention it but it gives us the guidance we need in order to handle every situation the Bible is sufficient. Um, the Bible also um, has finality to it. Um, <clears throat> it. Kind of as I already said, not only is it sufficient, but it's it's the first and the last place we need to go to. There is no, it's like the Supreme Court. You know, we may go back and forth and you get different decisions on different issues, but once you get a decision from the Supreme Court, it's done. It's It's basically, that's law. That's what it is. When we take something and filter it through the Bible, we get God's final word. God tells us, okay, this is the way things are. Uh, And so we can trust it and we can know that there's no place else to go. We don't need to go place else. God's word is final. Last word I want to mention is God's word is inspired. I've already kind of mentioned that before. And the Bible, of course, tells us that it was given by inspiration through godly men and told them to write it down. Uh, So we know that the Bible comes from God, doesn't come from man. I realize that there are a number of authors throughout Scripture. I realize we have books of the Bible that we don't even know who the author is. But ultimately, we know who the grand author is. God is the grand author. God sends us his word through the Holy Spirit. He also, of course, sent us His Word in the flesh. Jesus Christ was God incarnate and He's described as the Word. Um, but the Word that we have that is verbal, that is plenary, that is infallible, that has a vis- viscosity, that is sufficient, that is final, is a Word that is inspired. So God has given us His, his Word so that we can have it on a daily basis. It's clear that he intended for us to have it. He's gone to great lengths uh, to make sure that it is available to mankind. Now, we may not have a a translation in every language across the globe, but it has always been available in the universal languages, and so that makes it available in general uh, to everyone on the planet. That leaves us without excuse. The Bible tells us that we have no excuse. Now let me kind of tie all this together with just a thought with regard to a Facebook post that I put up not long ago. I posed a question on Facebook that I wasn't trying to start an argument. And I stated this in the, in the, um, in the post that uh, I, I didn't want to debate. I just wanted an answer to a question. My question was, how much confidence do you have in the Bible you use? I wasn't trying to argue which Bible you should use. Uh, And I know, of course, a lot of people use different versions. All I wanted to know was, whatever version you're using, how much confidence do you have in that version? Well, of course, right away, people started wanting to argue with me and debate me and that sort of thing. And so I ended up having to go back into the post and said, look, people, I'm not going to debate you. That's not the purpose of this question. All I'm looking for is an answer how much confidence, or whatever, what is your level of confidence in the translation you use? And, and my point was that if God's Word is all these things that we just talked about, then we should be able to have 100% confidence in what we have. Of course, I know that people claim, in using other, other versions, claim that there is no perfect version. That there are errors. In, in scripture. That's what they claim. I don't believe that, but I believe the King James is God's preserved word, but that's an argument for another day. But I know that they will tell you that there's no perfect Bible. There's no Bible in existence today or no translation that doesn't have some error in it. And you got to go through all this study and comparison, etc., to get to the truth. So anyway, I said, just tell me how much confidence you have in your particular version. Well, immediately I started getting answers finally back from people, and they would tell me that they use this version or that version, and they had 100% confidence in it. 100%. <clears throat> I didn't get anybody tell me they had 90% confidence or 80% confidence. They told me they had 100 Several people said, I have 100% confidence in the version I use, and they would tell me which version they use. Well, here's my question, and it's the point of this whole blog here that uh, I'm posting. If there's errors, how can you have 100% confidence? Just so I want you to think about it. Do you believe the Bible that we have today, since we don't have the original manuscripts anymore, is every translation in existence today uh, have errors in it? Or is there one out there, or more, that have no errors? Of course I contend that King James doesn't, but again, another argument for another day. I just want you to think about this. To me, the answers I got were hypocritical. To say that there is no perfect Bible, and yet they have 100% confidence in the one they have, to me is contradictory. But that's the answers I got. I just want you to think about that. Is the Bible you have, perfect, without error? Does it fit the description of all these things that I said, the words that I just uh, defined? Or do you have a Bible that has errors in it? If you have a Bible that has errors in it, how can you proclaim it? How do you know where the errors are? Are you smart enough to know that? Do you have the ability to go back and find where the errors are so you can find whichever manuscript fits? that particular verse or or passage or whatever, so you can actually give correct instruction in the Bible? I I can't do that. I'll be the first to tell you that I don't have that ability. If I don't have a Bible in front of me that I can trust, then I'm not going to preach. I'm just posing this question. Think about the fact that if you're going to use a Bible, you're going to trust it with your life. Are you going to use one that you believe has errors in it? Or are you going to see if there is one out there somewhere that does not? Just a thought. Hope this helps. God bless.